Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, we will have all the links in the show notes below. If you are thinking about a way to support the podcast, you can do it one of two ways. Head on over to Gumroad. If you're going around the world, we have a resource guide there available for you guys to pick up, as well as leaving us a review on iTunes. That would be wonderful. Wonderful. We I think we're at like 58, and we were just talking about how much we would love to be at 100 reviews. Oh we, we know there's so many of you that listen, and we very rarely get a review. You don't know how happy it makes us when we yeah. get one. Er- we Errol's, read it to each other. Er- we smile. Like, yeah, we get all the feels. She subscribes to a, a, a thing that gives lets us know when things come in, like new reviews and stuff like that, and we're always yeah. like, we, crowd, feel so we good. crowd together. We, we pour some hot chocolate. We turn on the fire and we we read the reviews to each other at at night and that's what brings us joy (laughs) so yes please please you know consider taking a couple minutes to support the podcast yes our sob story get it over with ariel we're on to hybrid schooling today that's the title of the game of the the podcast this was a request by jen jenny Uh, jenny i'm sorry jenny uh a little while ago to ariel all communication goes through ariel back in june but jenny we were listening we have been thinking about this and really one of the reasons that we wanted to wait on this the whole concept that that her email was about was like you know how do you juggle doing your curriculum at home when you have classes outside the home? Mm-hmm. So this could be you're at a parent partnership like us, or you're in a co-op, or you've got a meetup, or you're just taking individual enrichment classes. Uh, you know, so how do you like how do you balance that? And one of the reasons I wanted to wait a little bit on this was because we are starting a we just started the new year of our parent partnership that takes us outside the house a couple of days a week um, to take a number of enrichment classes, and I thought it will really be most relevant for us to be able to, you know, be current in that with our personal struggles with it so that we could think about, you know, what advice would we give and how would we formulate, you know, this idea of balance and priorities and things. So I think now is a good time. You know, we're a month into our schooling for the fall and and it's very current for us. This is a very very hot topic. It's very acute to us as well. That's right. you know, we do have our enrichment classes, but we also have sports. We had multiple sports going on at one time. We have games at the end of the week. The, the little one has her own activities. You know, we we were definitely feeling this pain yes. and the pressure and everything. So this is a really good topic for us to talk about now because this is something we have been dealing with our, ourselves right now. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the challenge of hybrid schooling. You know, like what what are these various aspects, you know, that people can run into? I mean, basically, you have these educational goals for your kids, whether those are, you know, milestones that you've set, you purchased a curriculum you're trying to get through, you have an educational plan that you filed with your state or other person, Uh, you know, so you've got some stuff that you've got to move through. And yet you have all of these other classes that take up a lot of your time, It does, you know, and you, 
you don't want your kids to miss out on opportunities, other educational opportunities outside your home. If it's the right fit, it's fulfilling for your kid. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, helps you meet some of your educational goals too, but then it just takes up so much time. It eats into your homeschool. So I think the real challenge is how do we, how do we find balance? How do we still meet our own goals while supporting our kids in outside the home educational opportunities that they may want to take advantage of. So, something that I've realized actually in the last two years of, of, you know, more intensive homeschooling that we've been doing is, you know, the learner really has, you know, when the fact that we go one-on-one most of the time when we're doing education, you know, sometimes it's with the three-year-old as well, but you know, most of the time it's one-on-one with my daughter, you know, she only has so many cycles of one-on-one education because it is very intense it is it's not like sitting in a classroom listening to a teacher talk about one super small narrowed concept for 40 minutes or 50 minutes or you know a couple hours or they're doing work at a table and rotating around we can get a lot accomplished in a very small amount of time and you know i just i've realized in the last two years my daughter while we do accomplish a lot in a very narrow amount of time she doesn't have a lot of cycles beyond that because it's very intensive and it can really not burn her out, but get her really tired, like mentally. Yeah. I think you know, we you ask more have, of our kids yeah, when we, we work one-on-one. Exactly. We just don't have the freedom to you know, say, okay, we're going to homeschool for four hours today for a seven-year-old. You can really see it grind on them. You know, if you go any longer than, you know, I, if we go longer than an hour and a half in one sitting, you know, a couple of breaks here and there, and we're doing different subjects and different things, but you know, if I go too long, I start to see her, you know, drifting and not paying attention. And, and that's really, un- yeah, it's just too much. It's just too much. Right. And, and, and when you think about that, you go, wow, if I'm doing all these other things, whatever they are on top of this stuff, I've got to accomplish over here. I really feel like I can burn out this kid or be almost too much. And so I, I really do feel the that acute challenge, you know, when you have right. so many things. And, and how do you juggle getting your, your stuff done at home? I think there's a lot of positives to taking uh, educational classes outside the home. Obviously it's great for social, yep. uh, you know, there's, there's skills that, you know, skills and, and education that maybe you can't provide, right? You know, our daughter takes classes in clay sculpture. Mm-hmm. And while I could try to, you know, put something together, I'm, that's, that's not, you know, she takes classes in Irish step dancing. Yeah. I, I got nothing, right? So, you know, this is enriching for her. It's something that I can't teach. You know, also, when you take classes outside the home, they have facilities we don't have, right? Our, her clay sculpture teacher has a kiln. Yeah. I, I, that's, you know, I mean, we could invest in a small home kiln, I guess, but you know, the, these are, these are facilities but and skills it's, it's even more than and that. knowledge we don't have. Tack on drive time, you know, cause a lot of, you know, we're very fortunate that the, the parent partnership is fairly close to our house, you know, 10 minutes away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are driving 20, 30, 30 minutes well, and that's another hour of chewed up time. Well, know? right. So, I mean, but I'm talking about, these are the pros, yeah. these are the positives. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great segue into cons. Right. So yes, it could be time. It eats out of your schedule to get there. Obviously the time to take the classes, oh, absolutely. um, it can make you feel rushed. You can, it can be overwhelming to have this busy schedule. Uh, it doesn't well, well, leave all that time adds up to chewing up all the time that you could do for homeschooling. Right? right. Right. That could be your valuable time. The other big one for us, and we've acutely felt this one 
is that you could be giving those classes your kids' peak times. They now, are. everybody knows their own kid and where they have their peak times. For us, our daughter is peak in the morning. That is her best time. Yeah. Uh, if we try to do things in the afternoon, it's just really hit and miss for us. And so it's really hard when our classes get the morning peak time. Yeah. But our our little one naps in the afternoon. So she can't take classes in the afternoon because we have to be home for that. So yeah. it's, we're kind of like, we end up with the tired kid. We don't get the best, we don't get the, the peak time. She's and that a happens a lot She's a trooper, people. but I, I definitely, on the days where we're not at the parent partnership and the versus the days we are, I definitely absolutely 100% see a performance difference. And it's not even just the fact that it's, okay, we're homeschooling in the early morning versus, you know, the nap time, end of the day, right. late in the afternoon. It's the fact that, you know, those days where we're doing in the afternoon where like that's the first time I'm getting her for any type of homeschooling because we'll be there from nine until noon. And then afternoon, I got to get lunch, they play, we go for a walk, come back, put the kid down. And I could then I'm starting a little bit of math and reading. At that point, my daughter's had, she's been up since seven in the morning. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's seven hours. She's had a huge stimulating morning. Right. She's fat and happy with food, you know, from lunch. <laughs> she's been playing and walking, and now she's got to sit down and listen to this guy. Right. Try to teach her how to do math or Well, and reading, that's, a, right? that's a sleepy time of afternoon. I don't know. <laughs> but I tell that's you. A sleepy, that's a time when I'm getting tired. Guys, I'm not lying. If if I'm reading books on the couch, daddy is falling asleep. I, I have literally, I don't know how I do it. I have fallen asleep reading <laughs> to my daughter where i started like well and that one what message does that send to it's like and my daughter's like she, like she's pushing on me daddy you're falling asleep i'm like oh god i'm so sorry sweetie Let, let's move this to the kitchen table because daddy's falling asleep <laughs> on this couch <laughs> it's got just too comfortable but i think it's i think it's hard right they get the, the school can get can can not only get their peak time but it can also use up their energy and, and, so that and you as the educator like for example i'm falling asleep right i'm running them around i'm up early I right. got, I'm doing all this stuff and maybe I'm not even getting my A game. Yeah, maybe it's not your peak too. I think that that's really, that's really important. And the other thing is, you know, these classes that you take at whatever facility they're at, being taught by presumably some sort of professional Profession. in their field, whatever it is. I mean, I feel like sometimes our homeschool can pale in, a little listen, pale in comparison listen, a little bit. Listen, clay sculpture ain't got nothing on my Play-Doh skills. Do you know what I'm saying though? <laughs> I feel like sometimes... When they come home, they're like, oh, homeschool. Like, uh, that's right. It's a workbook. Great. Whereas they just came from a super yeah. stimulating environment where she's learning all about, you know, animals and zoology. And she came from a classroom that had posters everywhere. It was, high, mm -hmm. you know, super stimulating. And they watched videos and they they played games with groups. We're running with around. Kids. They're going on little walkabouts in the, you know, around the campus and doing things. I mean, I just, I don't Pretending bring... to be different animals. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, like. I, I can bring energy, but I, I got that level And I'm of not energy. saying that yeah. our homeschool, I'm not saying that our daughter doesn't feel that our homeschool is good enough, but I think we acutely can feel sometimes like maybe this is not as exciting. And honestly, we have to teach the tough subjects, right? These enrichment classes are all fun things that she's getting to do. They're, they're, they're enriching certainly, obviously, but they're, they're fun. And then we're coming back and like, Hey, let's do math and reading. And she's kind of like, <laughs> you know? And so I think that one of the cons about having classes outside the home is it, it can make the things you have to do at home feel maybe a little bit more arduous than they would yeah. if it was just like, hey, this is our homeschool and we're going to do some math and then we're going to do art and then later we're going to do reading and you could kind of mix it up and it could all be just kind mm -hmm. of, 
you know, fluid in your home. Instead, it's like, oh, we leave the house for fun stuff and we come home for math. Yeah, I, you know, I, and there's do, that feeling that's I do, there. Well, I do have this acute feeling of of feeling like the classes steal from me. Yeah, like, I've got to accomplish things. I got to get her to do math. I got to get her to do reading. And yes, I want her in these classes because they're fun and they're enjoyable, and it gives her a very diverse experience. And she meets other kids, and it's very socially yeah, enriching. It's great. She has kind of a quasi school experience without the homework or the you know the pressure or any of that stuff. Yeah, we get total freedom to choose what we want her to exactly. be in. Exactly, and there's there's it's great enormous amount of classes she can take, and and and. And we love it, right? But I do feel like there is a tension because I'm the educator. I'm like, I'm losing time because of this, right? Right. And we have a like a maximum class allotment. And we we both years we now we have used up our maximum allotment. And you know, there's something to be said for like, eh, yeah. maybe we can see why some of those parents are like, ah, I'm not using all the classes that I could take. Yeah. Even though I could take them and they're free. But also strategically placing those classes. Like if you have these classes and they spread across like four days, right? Right. And they could eat into a lot of time. You could feel like you're always going out. Well, and, you're always and doing that's something. the way we feel, right? We yeah. were there at the school four days a week. And unfortunately, it was we supposed to be we like two. To, we but... were trying to get it to two with like one extra class some other time. And, you know, two full days, that's fine. I can easily adopt. Full is nine to noon. They're nine not to noon, yeah, not full, full day. But like, you know, I can, I can do a lot of education on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then do a little bit on Tuesday, Thursday. And I can get everything done doing that. But once you all of a sudden you go, oh, I got a class on Wednesday and there's one on Friday. And then yeah, we had a couple of things that we could not get any other time and they yeah. were critical classes. They were at the top of the list. And so we had to... It can feel like it breaks up your day in a detrimental way. Yeah, sometimes. it can be It can be a little challenging. We found, we found some ways to work around it. One Absolutely. of the classes is in the afternoon and my work schedule allows me to be able to take her. I'm on, it's on a remote day and I can take yeah. her to one class. So that's helpful. And, you know, we're, we're finding ways we're, to juggle we're it. We're strategizing. But I guess yeah. what we're saying by this is that, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to taking classes outside the home. And we feel this so acutely right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still, you know, we've asked ourselves, we've talked about, we feel this is very worth it. Our daughter is getting opportunities for social time, yeah. for art skills. The, the social for, the social experience beyond anything is is really why yeah. it's most important for us. Yeah. She, she's making great friendships. And she's getting exposed to things that I would not be able to do with her. Like right. obviously the dance, you know, the dance is one thing, you know, the, 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 the art classes she's taking, she's taking a nice science class. But the thing like the sewing class, I, I couldn't do that. Right. It's just yeah. not, not my flow. And you, you would have to do it in your time when you came home. Which is minimal. Minimal right now. And, you know, yeah. you're doing things outside the home and, and, you know, we're doing the podcast and we're doing, you know, you're doing the play stuff and we're, we have a lot going on. Yeah. We have a lot of, a lot happening. A lot happening right now. And then you, then you start stacking sports on top of that and you're just like, Oh right. my God, the day is vaporized. We are going to have a, a whole episode about overscheduled yes. homeschoolers coming up here soon because this is something that we really do feel. And we've yeah. had to d- make some some Hard tough decisions, decisions yeah. about what we're going to do now that our daughter is a little bit older. There's a lot of the world is open of activities and things that we could do. And so we are going to be talking about that. But, but th- this is good. It's a good segue into right. the idea of finding the balance. So if you're doing this kind of hybrid type of schooling where you're doing some classes outside, whatever they might be, a huge smattering of classes, and you're also doing your education at home, you know, math, reading, you're doing your base level curriculum with your literature and everything. How do you find that balance? What are those first few things that we can, you know, 
tell people to to think about? Yeah. So I, I think for us, we've, we've talked a lot about this and really not giving our homeschool the short end of the stick that... I mean, that's what we're doing, right? You can't, you can't say like, I'm going to let that fall on the floor. Right. So we we decided right up front this year that we were not going to let our classes overpower our homeschool. And so we we decided in the class specifically in the classes that we were going to take that we wanted to take classes that would have no home component. Yeah. There there was Some of them do have that. Right. And and we we specifically chose mostly a slate of less rigorous classes so that we could kind of go, she could go, she could paint and enjoy painting and then come home and there would not be any further work that would make, you know, the classes would not then leach into our home time. So that was really a a very important strategic decision we made. There was a couple of classes she wanted to take as well that we, we decided to group them so that they were a little bit easier for us to attend. And then you know, like I said, we, we made the decision to choose some classes that we knew were going to be less intensive on purpose. So we also disenrolled her from dance, which was a different enrichment class because she was taking it at the school. So we 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 did scale back a little bit. And gymnastics, we were able to consolidate. Right. And gymnastics. Going into the idea of consolidation is strat, you know, strategically planning your enrichment stuff so it doesn't interfere with your homeschool. Well, right. And then maybe it even complements your homeschool. Yeah. So like we, we're doing a lot of art stuff right now, so we don't have to do as much of that at the home. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a great way for us to be like, hey, if we do art at school, then we can take some art off of our shoulders. That was something we would have to do at home. And, and also, the, even though we're doing the uh, prehistory curriculum right now as kind of our literature curriculum. And um, there's a lot of science. And there's a lot of science in that. There's a lot of science. We're also taking a science class at the Right. At we the felt school. like our science was a little bit weak. We don't have a specific science curriculum. And so that was a great way for us to complement our homeschool. I think it's really important that we don't double dip. If there's something yeah. like, for example, we're taking art at school. So it's not that we don't do art in the home because we do. I and, do it and, all the time. <laughs> and, and our little one loves art. But we don't feel pressure to do like an art project every week. It's more free form. Like, hey, girls, do you want to do some sketch? like today they were like hey daddy can i get some paint like um my oldest is doing uh her making her own book right now right and she's you know illustrating her own book and we were cutting out the hole punches and we were we were you know using string to to sew a binding and it was just really fun but it's all free form that was her idea and i'm just facilitating hey here's some crayons or here's some paints yeah so there's still plenty of art going on if you've heard our episode on art caddies you know we, we do a lot of art but we didn't feel the need when it comes to like curriculum things, like are we going to do a whole bunch of art? No. We didn't. We don't feel that pull because we know that we have the curriculum. So, you know, make sure that you choose classes that are going to be that are going to be enriching that aren't going to double dip with stuff you're already doing at home, and, yeah, and that yeah. complement your curriculum. Yeah. I think it's it is a really great way to go. So going from selecting the classes and kind of picking the ones that are complementary and and where they fall, so that you have a a reasonable schedule. Also knowing that you don't have to take all the classes. Right. right? Yeah. It's so hard because we want to do all the things. And we always feel there's always all that tug. fear of missing out. There's always the FOMO. Go back and read. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, the, the FOMO episode that we, we do. I feel it all the time. I feel like if she doesn't get the sewing class now, she'll never realize her sewing potential, you know? Well, and there are days too, we decide strategically yeah. that we are going to skip a class. And this is something that we're allowed to do. You know, I mean, you, you'll you know your own uh, rules. Yeah. Your own rules. I think it's really important to understand how flexible your outside 
educational opportunities are. For us, it's incredibly flexible. We can miss a day without having to explain because we didn't pay for it. We don't feel bad. But if you're going to a meetup or a co-op or some other enrichment classes, it's good to understand how flexible they are because we, there are days when we decide like, Hey, you know, we've had a busy week. You guys were at grandma's a couple of days. We haven't got much homeschool done. You know what? This week we're skipping this class. Yeah. And we're going to stay home and we're going to prioritize homeschool. And we make that decision yeah. not that infrequently. Well, well we have, we have catch, we, I have some catch-up time. Like this weekend, I did a little bit of catch-up time because we had a very chaotic week last week, extremely chaotic. And I really lost a, out a lot right. of time in the homeschool. And I was like, I got to make up this. So we did a math test on, on Saturday. She didn't even know. I was just like, hey, I need to borrow you for 15 minutes. We got to go do our, our math assessment test for the Right Start Math. And then on Sunday, I read her a bunch of books on the right. prehistory thing, and we kind of got caught up. And I did like a science project, you know, one of the one of the projects in, that was suggested in the curriculum. We will strategically pick times to say, okay, we just can't do this this week, guys. We got to catch up, right? Know? And and you're right. Sometimes that catch up is on the weekends, and sometimes it is saying, you know, we're not going to go to class this morning yeah. because we really like, need to finish. Like tonight, this. like tonight, I had um, my oldest read. Um, the story that we were reading and all about reading tonight to the youngest. And then I had her finish it, reading it to me. That is something that I... Yeah, as a bedtime story. <laughs> as a bedtime story. And that's something that I do on a regular basis with, you know, during the week when we hit the short story lesson in all about reading, I have her read it a couple times. I like to have her read it like two or three times. And we just read it today as part of our, you know, part of the regular curriculum. And I got an extra time tonight in because I think tomorrow is going to be very busy. And I don't think I'm going to get to the time to have her do it. So I was able to get it in tonight. Right. I think that this is important to say, which is that you may need to be creative. Yeah. I, I think what you're describing is how you are creatively finding ways. Hey, it's a Saturday morning. Let's go ahead and just bang out a math test. Or, yeah. hey, it's reading to sister at bedtime. Maybe we could just read that story again. Yeah. You're finding creative ways to get to accomplish your goals. And I think if you have a a busy schedule outside the home, you might have to be creative with how you can accomplish things. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is not to overload your work. So you have this curriculum. It's, let's say you're doing build your library or something. Hey, it's a 36 week curriculum. You know, that might not be a 36 week curriculum for you. If you're only doing it two days a week, maybe that's a 50 week curriculum and it just takes extra time. We've talked with a number of parents, you know, a lot of people here are listening. Um, they're doing the round the world journey right now. And they, they're going to get into those first few weeks. They're going to have a lot of energy and they're going to do it. And all of a sudden, boom, they're going to hit, you know, Venezuela, Brazil week. And it's like right during Thanksgiving. And they're going to realize, oh my God, I just lost a week. It's okay. Right. It's and okay. It's really okay. So yeah. that, you know, I, th- I think this whole grade thing, level thing, right? Yeah. We want to keep on level. And for example, with prehistory, we were just, we were just discussing this because you were saying like, oh, I think this is going to take me more than a week. And you were stressing about it. And yeah. I was like... Because you were like, I only have like, you know, I only have like these two afternoons. I have these other times to work and I got to get these other lessons done for math and, and she, reading. And she's, she's literally mimicking how I sound. I don't have time. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing yeah, this thing. He gets all panic. I and I was like, things. it's fine. He goes, but then we won't be done in February like we planned. And I was like, okay. He goes, it'll be like April. I go, okay. He goes, but then. We I will have failed. He's like, we won't be starting level one of build your library, which is kind of, you know, it's supposed to be first grade, quote unquote, um, until April. At, and, and she'll be almost at the end of her first grade year. And I was like, fine. Okay. Now, there's, there's nobody that we have to report this to, you know, unless you're in a heavily reported state and you've already made a commitment, what you're going to do and you got to yeah. keep up with that and you can't change it. But like, otherwise, 
nobody's looking over our shoulder. And maybe that curriculum has to take more time. I think the important thing, and I told this to you and you were stressing about prehistory, was that it's about qualitative over quantitative. Yeah. I don't want you to rush through Precambrian and, history yeah, just yeah. because something that I put on a spreadsheet says we're supposed to be through it this week. <laughs> that like totally does not matter. What matters yeah. is that... Our daughter gets an understanding. There's a little bit of attention a, to a base ex, understanding of ex, what's going on, executing to the Quality. curriculum, and then executing to the plan. And sometimes your learner, or life, or all your other things that you're right. doing do not facilitate that level of pacing, and that can cause some stress. Absolutely. So I think there's a couple ways to go. One, you can relax and go slower. Yep. Do it when you can, and that's fine, and deal with the fact that maybe you're not going to be like perfectly on grade level with everything, and it's cool. Or you always got the summer. <laughs> you have the summer, you have weekends, right? You can be strategic and use different time. The other thing is, um, and you know, if you're an all year round homeschoolers like we are, that's makes that life nice. That's a good plug for that. Yep. The other thing is you can also decide that maybe you're not going to do everything that is written in the curriculum. Really look at it and say, hey, this week the, the subject of the curriculum is this, and these are all the activities they have. I think my learner would get the most enrichment out of these pieces. Yeah. And leave the rest behind. I think when we, we pay for things, right, pay for the curriculum, and we want to do it all. Yeah, we want right. to get all the books. Or I buy, know. Or you bought the books, and you're like, well, if I leave that on the cutting floor, that book is on the cutting floor. Right, and I bought that book, right? So yeah. I feel a lot of stress. Sunk, you know? sunk costs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Earlier, earlier today, you were telling me like, oh, this one fossil book, this isn't very good. And I was like, oh, we already had it, so I put it in there. And... And you're like, yeah, it's not very good. I said, okay, that's cool. Let me just, I'll pull it from the rest of the curriculum. Let's put it in the Goodwill box. And you were like, oh, no, 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 no. If we already own it, like, oh, no, I'll keep going with it. And I was like, no, why would you do that? You don't have that much time. Yeah. You don't think it's a good book. I think we can show it to people on a YouTube video and say, hey, don't get this book because this isn't a good one for prehistory. And then yeah. let's chuck it in the it's Goodwill just, box yeah, and move on with it's our lives. It's one of those things where we're doing a curriculum that is somewhat a little elevated. And that book is meant for an older kid. Yeah, but you like, also, but I said, oh, is that one we could recommend for older kids? And you're like, it's no, dry. it's really dry. It's not very good. I'm like, great, let's ditch it. <laughs> and, but you were like, but we already own it. And I'm like, I don't care if it's no good, we'll ditch it. We can tell people don't buy this one and then we'll ditch it. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to not be so hard on ourselves with mm -hmm. what we've already spent money on and uh, what the curriculum says. We have to follow it. No one is judging us on this stuff. It's okay. If you've got two days a week and you want to do an around-the-world study or you're studying ancient civilizations and two days a week is what you've got, then use your two days and cover the areas that you think are important or are interesting to you and your kid or take two weeks to do one week's worth. And yeah. I think it's really fine. And I think being creative, finding you know time to do things, and then being realistic and and give yourself a little bit of grace because yep. it's not easy to do this and nobody's judging you. And I know the first couple of weeks you were super stressed about it. And I was, <laughs> and I think because I planned it, you were like, oh, I'm not keeping up. I'm not keeping up. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not judging you. It's yeah. really fine. You know, prioritizing cutting, strategically cutting, whether it's the class or part of the curriculum that just isn't working or, or isn't firing at hundred percent or doesn't give you the fulfillment that you are looking for in your experience there's no reason to drag down your whole homeschool for that i agree with you on that. no one. i don't i don't think you need to sink the whole thing hey tonight yeah. at dinner our daughter was telling me all about paleo bugs and how big they were and yeah, how cool saying, they were there are bugs bigger than daddy yeah yeah that was the thing they're bugs bigger than, and they look like this and they have spikes on their head and this is and <laughs> she was all about it and i was like 
great. This is all I want. This, this is, is all I want. I want my my first grader to be so excited about Ge- what we're ge- doing that yeah. she's geeking out on it and telling me about she's it at dinner. geeking out on Cambrian uh, uh, animals that were living right. in the city. Right. Like, yeah. I'm perfectly happy. And I think we're meeting our goals when our kids are learning and enjoying that learning. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. Well, then I'm doing a great job. You're doing a great Absolutely. job. Um, one other aspect with the hybrid schooling that can also cause a lot of tension that I feel as well is that, you know, the fulfillment of the educators very, is something that we kind of like forget about a lot of times. Yeah. And, you know, a lot we of- We kind of t- do this for us too. I know. And we, we forget that, you know, we all we also have goals and, and hopes and hobbies and, and everything that we want to do that gives us fulfillment and meaning. Um, like, for example, I like to write. I like to work out. Um, I like to have be quiet because I'm a guy and you know a lone wolf in the. I'm a I'm a lone wolf. Oh, we got back from Great Wolf Lodge last yes, week. You're yeah. practicing your howling. Yes, I'm practicing my howling. Um, but you know I, I like to have some time to myself. I like to listen to my podcasts. I like to listen to audiobooks and things like that. You know, if I don't get those type of time, you know, that time for myself because I have my own goals, like whether it's like working out or reading or writing, getting my words in, things like that. I. I start to get tense and angry and frustrated right. and stuff like that. And we know everybody out there has their own goals, whatever they might be. You want to do right. knitting, you want to do gardening, you want to do whatever you're going to do. You have your own responsibilities that you're trying to do. Having a very full schedule with the homeschooling can easily put your needs on the cutting room floor. And yeah. thinking about what you need to be feel, feel fulfilled and happy in doing it. Because a lot of times it's we're trying to make sure our kids are happy and they want to continue homeschooling and they don't want to like say, you know, daddy and mommy, I'm done. I want to go, back. I want to go to school. You know, we want to make sure they're having a great time and we really care about their education and we want them to be as fulfilling as possible. Yeah. And sometimes we sacrifice ourselves a little bit in order to make that a reality. Yeah. We're often the first thing that gets cut. We are, you know, talking about cutting stuff. It's like, we're the first thing that gets cut. Well, right. And I think and then you got to make dinners. You got to keep the house clean. You got to like do all these other things. Yeah, it's crazy. If, if Shopping. you, if you feel, if you aren't personally fulfilled, you're not doing yeah. whatever self care you need. You're going to gonna get burnt your out. Your hobbies and stuff. Yeah. You're going to get burnt out and it's going to affect your homeschool. Yeah. I think it's really important. And for you, you know, I think this dovetails in really well with our last main point of this episode, which is planning is key. Yep. And so we plan every week and we have a we have a digital calendar and Google calendars. Um, it's, it's becoming more and more important to us it in is our like, success. Yeah, we, we can't. It is a, the manual of our lives at this yeah. point. And we sit and we look at it and we strategically... It's not that we're planning out every single thing that we're going to do in homeschool. No. It's just so that we can see what is coming. We see the events. We see the activities. We yeah. see the, the nights that dad has writer's group and mom has rehearsal for the show that I'm stage managing. And we've got, you know, and the grandma's going to take the kids on this day and, you know, hey, they have a special Girl Scout event this day and whatever. We have everything planned and we sit down at the beginning of every week and go, okay, how are we going to accomplish our goals for this week? And we really talk about them. And you've recently started like waking up early so you can do your workout in the morning. Or, you know, tonight I said, hey, uh, let's have dinner early and I'm going to take the kids so you can do your workout tonight. So you because you didn't get to get up this morning early and do it. We we really work together in this partnership to come up with how are we going to get everything done? And you're like, hey, this week I've got to get two reading lessons, two math lessons where there's a play date this afternoon. So we're going to move this here. I think 
it really takes planning. And, and I hate to say it if, if you're listening out there and you're having trouble balancing and you're not a planner and you have a lot going on, I don't really know how you can accomplish this and keep your sanity without a bit of planning because it's really hard to be free form if you don't have as much time. We have to be very strategic with how we use our time. We only have so many hours of the day when uh, we can be out of the house because we have the little one napping. I'm working. You're home. We have these outside classes. We have a couple of activities which are very important to our daughter. She plays soccer. We have that. You know, we've got some yeah. things going on. We've decided that these are important, but we have also got to get in all of this educating and we have to make sure that it's not like, hey, I'm going to grab 10 minutes here and do this thing with you that's so fly by night that she, she, none of it sticks in her brain either. Yeah. And we're, we can't just be like checkboxing the school. That's, that's that a, is such a, a wonderful, hard thing yeah, to not that's, do. That's one. Yes, exactly what you're saying. But in, in, in saying that also, there's a lot of learning that can be done that can be checkboxy. Well, and, there's and, some that can be done quickly, but, but yeah, still with quality. But that's part of the planning. Like for example, oh, I can read the short story like we talked about a little bit earlier today. Right. Like uh, I can read that short story at 8.15 in the morning when you've left with the little one right. and we're waiting to go to our first class and you have to leave to go to our first class. I've got 25 minutes. Let's sit down, do a couple pages in the scholastic book and do time, you know, do, do some additional problems and let's read the short story. I, I would have had to do that later in, in the day, but I can fit it in here. It's something that right. is that she will get... That I know as the educator that she will get the benefit from, but I'm not going to sit there and do like a right start math lesson. Yeah, you're not going to say not like, let's do, do half a math lesson because we no, have 15 minutes. Yeah, like you can pick and choose, yeah. like being creative and picking and choosing what you slot in at different times. Anyway, I've been getting these, you know, I have these edu- early reader books that I've been doing. So I'm now stuffing them in my bag on the way to school that I'm going to toss back to her that she can read. And these are very e- easy kind of Bob book level things for her to just kind of feel like she's you know getting a little bit of practice normally i would do those in the afternoon that is definitely something i can do in the car on the ride to school and i know she'll get the benefit of the experience of reading those things Mm -hmm. that i don't have to like be sitting over her shoulder helping her through it's something that i know she can do doing those type of creative breaking up of your of your curriculums throughout your week has been very helpful and i can't do that unless i have a good vision of what the week looks like and where I can slot things in. Like today was a really free form day. We did a lot of homeschooling at the park today. We would go, went for a walk. Um, we had lunch. We did some reading. They got to play. We did a little bit of um, you know nature stuff and we got to eat lunch and, and go for a walk. And I was able to stack a little bit of walking. So I got my steps, helping towards my step goal for the day. I got you know the little one out. I got the big one out. We were able to play. We were able to get some reading in while the little one played. We, we were able to do a bunch of stuff together, right? Yeah. And I was able to layer those in because I knew today was a free day. Didn't have anything planned. Let's go ahead and do a bunch of things together so I can get a lot done. And yeah. I was able to do that. And then I did my reading and math lesson later And I don't later think you can day. do that if you don't have a plan for the week of like, hey, this Absolutely. week, this is what I need to accomplish. You know, and, and for those people that do like reverse plan, what they're able to do, I think that that's great, except you might find that you need to audit that every once in a yeah. while to make sure that you're 
keeping a, a decent pace with what you intended at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Because if you're busy with outside classes, it really is easy to let homeschool slip because you yeah. are, you, you do feel like, Hey, we're on the go quite a bit. Uh, our, our child's having a really fulfilling experience. You know, I think that this is, this is a challenge. I don't, and I don't think that we have all the answers. We're clearly right in the middle of it, but these are techniques that we have found that have been really helpful for us in finding the right balance and making sure that we're still getting the homeschool goals done while not sacrificing stuff that we think is really important for her. Right. She's taking classes that are great for her creative side. Mm -hmm. They're great for her social. She's doing things that are active and good for her health. Um, so there it's all positive. It's just, you know, there, there is a a balance to be struck. Um, and it's going to be a challenge for everyone, but I think really audit, Look at the look at the classes you're taking or the activities that you're in. Really, you know, what are they bringing to your child and to your homeschool? Are they enriching? You know, is there places that you could consolidate? And then look at what you're doing for your homeschool and ask yourself if this is realistic to have these two pieces together. And something has to give. You can't yeah. do so much on both sides that you're you're going to fail at both of them. You, yep. you have to. You have to find the right thing that works for your family. And you you may find that some kids love being active and others are, it's going to be overwhelming even for your child. Um, Our daughter is an extremely social creature. So Mm -hmm. she thrives on being able to go uh, and do these classes. And and I think that if she were, you know, purely at home and not doing these enrichment classes, it would be a struggle. It would, it would be to her detriment. She really needs, she needs other kids. And we, and we know, and we know all kids are different. All, all all situations are, are different. We've, we've, we've interviewed a number of parents on our um, homeschooling journeys episodes where they'll have one kid who is a social butterfly and then another one who just likes to read all day long. And, you know, that is a huge challenge between the two you know, being able to make both of those kids have fulfilling relationships and experiences. I'm lucky. I have two very social butterflies that they, yeah. they, they both. Well, have. and one is very young, so we'll see she's, how she ends yeah. up coming up, but she's very social now. She's very social. And one of the things we've seen with other families who go to like our parent partnership, for example, is while one child is in classes, the other child who yeah. isn't really into taking the social classes, they're sitting in quietly doing homeschool with them while the yeah. other, while their sibling the is, is the in class. And so there, I think that that's a, that's a further level layer of struggle, which is, you know, juggling this with multiple kids. Like on Fridays when I have the little one with me, normally she's at preschool on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We've, we would try to align both kids schedules. So we would have free Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That was a challenge last year having the little one with me at the school, um, having to entertain her. Although I could see where that is a benefit maybe in the future when I'm having to do her own homeschool curriculum that maybe alternating them, doing her homeschool while she's with me, you know, whatever works best for you. But right now it's best that they're both on the same day so that I don't have a lot. On Fridays, I do do some of her, her preschool with her. We're doing the Blossom and Root Early Years Volume 1, and I do bring that with me yeah. on that Friday. It's a great time. When I have to bring her to the to the parent partnership, I do a little bit of stuff there where I'm reading to her. We're doing little activities, and then she goes in place for a little bit. And then once her sister's done, we head home, you know. Yeah. It, 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 you have to find that balance. And I think with the hybrid and schooling. And you have to be creative, yeah. right? It, it can't, nothing is ever going to be 
perfect no. in these perfect blocks. Um, if you're outside, you're the always home, adapting, you're always changing. And yeah. you know, in six months, we're going to have different problems that we have to adapt to. And, yeah, that, that's, and that's always the case. So there's really no, I think we have to stay flexible with stay it. Stay flexible and have a good plan. I think is, is the best way to kind of navigate through that. Yeah, so let's uh, end this the way we're, we're ending it nowadays. We're talking about the books. It is Halloween coming up. It is October and we are reading uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Not, yes, it's a kid's It's a kid's classic, classic version of it. So it is very much an abridged, heavily abridged version. Um, you could imagine uh, a chapter of Frankenstein being normally, say, 20 pages long of you know regular text has been truncated down to about two or three pages and about 14 font. <laughs> and so <laughs> you could imagine it being very, very, very easy read. Um, and then having really fun, creative uh, pictures that that kind of go along with it, uh, showing the exploits of Doctor Frankenstein as he he goes and builds his his great Prometheus creature. Um, he it is really fun. It's such a great, light, easy read. Um, I've been reading to my daughter slowly, and there's cute little illustrations. Wonderful in it too. little illustrations. I, I feel I you know I figure I, I read about Ariel reads a lot more to our daughter uh, the chapter books than I do. I tend to at the end of the day not be interested in <laughs> reading long form <laughs> chapter kids chapter books to to my daughter I'm, I'm a little burnt at the end of the day talking a little bit about getting burnt out um i, I kind of leave that to her and that's you know it's something she enjoys um but this is very much an easy read i can read about two or three chapters in about 10 minutes it's a very light thing i've been doing it right before bed um ariel's been out doing her play and so i've been having to take on some of the duties and for me i can kind of see the 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 in, in my daughter's eyes, not getting the full forty-five minutes, fifty different voices that Ariel gives. Listen, her it's, gym, it's a performance. Her, her Jim Dale performance for every single book. But I, I have a lot of Harry Potter voices. I, I do have to say, I, I do not. She says I do great voices, which I, I think is a real compliment because she listens to Jim Dale and I, he's I can, the man. I can do a lot of voices. I just ain't got it in me at that time of night. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cool. So this this kid classics version of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. She's really enjoyed. Um, they have several books in the same series. We'll link the Frankenstein, but they have Dracula. They also have Hound of the Baskervilles, and they have your personal favorite, Moby Dick, Ooh. as kids' classics versions. I think these are great because they're kind of like great illustrated classics, except the illustrations are in color, yeah. and uh, I think that they're just really engaging. So, Does that version have uh, 12 chapters on the nuances of, of processing whales and whale I hunting? don't know. We can purchase it and find out. Oh, please, please do. I want to read that one to her. I read her uh, Moby Dick, uh, the great illustrated classics. Oh God, two two and a half years ago. So um, it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah, I think it's really great. And that I made they're sure coming I was, up with these. I, I did a reread of of it uh, while I was reading it to her, so I could enjoy the chapters as they go. Definitely two different two different versions of the book. Um, but if they do the same type of heavily abridging, it, it will be the base level story as you go through it, not the you know. 12 or 13 chapters that Melville put in about the nuances of, of whaling and, and whatnot. But yes, uh, tis the season for spooky things. And we have been reading her the uh, simple, simplified version of, of, of Dr. Frankenstein by the, by the always wonderful Mary Shelley. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!